Hey everyone, welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, we are we are live. We're live everywhere. We're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're on Twitch. We're not on Mixer anymore. That's gone. That service is vamos. It's shut down. And of course, we're on Facebook Live. So hey, Greg, hey, Paul. If you're watching live, make sure you check in and say hello. We're awaiting our guest and uh, he'll show up soon enough. Rob, how hey, you doing? Todd, have you seen um, access to LinkedIn Live? I've asked for access and haven't got it yet. Haven't got it yet. Yeah, they're oh, still okay. dabbling that out little by little. I guess I'm not big enough of an influencer to, because uh, I don't work on LinkedIn a lot. So they're looking for people that are over there actively participating in right. their, so I don't post too much to, to LinkedIn. Too much, too much self-marketing bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like a perfect fit for us, though. It, it would. With this show. Right. But it's, you know, every time I, whenever I add, so I'll go in and add 20 people that requested to be connections, and 18 of them will send me an automated message. And I'm just like. Uh, it's business, right? People are. <laughs> but, but why? Send me an automate. It's just to me, I, I immediately ignore that. says let me know when you're ready so i'm going to dial him in oh okay all right chris kremitzos is joining us here from hey guys Podfest. hey hey chris how are you how's it going how's it going todd going going good we are live just a fair warning so uh <laughs> i expect nothing less from the two. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for joining us and uh how are you uh, good. My eyes are burning, but I'm, uh, I'm excited and, uh, working around the clock. Well, uh, Rob, since you started doing the introductions for those that don't know, which everyone probably does know who Chris is, why don't you tell the audience who Chris is and what Chris does? Well, well, Chris Kermitos is the, he's the, the founder and creator of, um, the famous Podfest expo and conference that's been going on down in Orlando for many years and, and wanted to get Chris on the, on the show to talk about his big push into virtual events, uh, with this new global virtual conference that he's putting on here coming up very, very soon, like next, starting next week. Um, so, uh, Chris, great to have you join us. It's, it's been a while since you've been on the show, but, uh, it's great to have you here. Yeah. Excited to be part of it. So, Chris, we've been both, I, I know I've been heads down, crazy busy, and really haven't been paying too much attention to what you got going on over there. So, I saw, I went on the website today and saw this big Guinness book, official Guinness book. And we, we actually kind of talked about it on a show or two ago, saying, is he just doing a ad hoc Guinness book of world record attempt, or is this the real deal with Guinness monitoring? How, what are you doing there? Oh no, there's adjudicators monitoring uh -huh. everything we're doing. There's witnesses. You're not allowed to use their logo or marks if it's not official. So like that's a big deal to see that logo. So they're um they're watching everything we're doing. We have witnesses involved that have to witness what we're doing. So it's a it's a full deal. We're looking to set the world record for largest uh virtual podcasting conference over one week time. So that's what the record is. So what do they do? They measure the individual pieces or they just look at how do they do that? 
Well, they have a whole judging committee, so they go back and forth and they try and figure out how they're going to do that. And um, in this instance, what they're going to do is they're going to look at our Eventbrite registration. And then that registration integrates into Whova, which is an app that everything goes into. So that has to correlate with who goes in the app. So that's first tier verification. And then we have to send them our Zoom information. Zoom integrates with Whova. And you have to participate by stepping into one of our breakout rooms. And if you step into a breakout room and watch some up form of education, that's counted as one. Gotcha. And that's, and that's how they count a user. So what is the record or is there one? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. We're setting a record. There is no record. Oh. Um, so, yeah, no, we're not looking to break a record because there's none to break. <laughs> so we're, we're setting the world record. Hey, that's the, um, that's the best kind of record to break, right? Just like, oh, Rob's, yeah. <laughs> just like Rob's largest glass of orange juice. There was no record. He made a record. Right. right. <laughs> but the, the cool part is you have to still have to hit like a sizable. It's 5,000 to 10. So it's not like a small. So oh. You really have to drive people through. So we're very confident that we're going to set the record and more than likely go north of it. But at the same time, we have some amazing educators and three different languages spoken and a lot of really, really, really cool stuff going on. So Rob and I have been doing, you know, really over the past several months is a number of virtual conferences. And and I, I know it's not without challenge because every event that we've attended or that I have worked on, we've watched the event, watched the numbers, did our own counts. And what we find is people come in and spend an hour, maybe two, and then are gone and uh, don't come back. And, uh, you know, these are events where we can actually see the names of the participants and write down and track this stuff. So we've had a lot of, uh, you know, everything's virtual right now. And um, so we've had, you know, my point of view has been that there's less value. And what we've seen so far is less value on virtual conferences. So, you know, I think that, you know, you've got a good track record of doing live conferences and that's, you know, that goes to your benefit. So how do you think the virtual conferences in, and just, again, this is just experience on previous events I've done. Not to say that's going to happen with you guys, but what are you doing to mitigate, to keep people engaged for, you know, multiple hours when their boss is saying, Hey, I need you to do something. Or the kids are bothering you where you would be there and not have these distractions. How are you going to try to mitigate the, the life distractions that happen and people are zoomed out and zoom, you know, basically people are suffering from zoom overload. It used to be death by, by PowerPoint. Now it's death by zoom. So, so that's a great question. Cause we've already done a, a test run virtual event and we saw that we had a really strong community. So right now what we're doing is the reason why we're brought in Whova, which is the app that we've used. She podcast has used it. Uh, it's just meant for community engagement. So what we're doing with Whova is they're our architecture. There'll be a leaderboard. There'll be places where people could help each other. So my goal really is to break that trend. So um, we put a lot of marketing and assets behind the scenes to create collisions and interactivity. So we'll see, we're going to be launching Whova sometime tonight, but tomorrow morning, and we should start seeing the activity. We also have a group called PodFam, which was uh, born out of this to support this. So we have close to 200 people in PodFam that will be on the app continually in and out, connecting people, helping people. So we're, we're creating a lot of 
different things to keep people coming back into the app, uh, asking for help and getting the help that they need. So there's, it's not your standard virtual event. Um, so, and we're, you know, we're, we put in all in by design and strategy. So we'll see how it plays out, but I very confident that we can create as close as we can, it's not going to be a live experience, but as close as we can virtually to do the best that we can to kind of overcome what you're talking about, which is people coming in for five minutes and leave. Uh, that's not what we want. So we're hoping with the app, Hoover, we'll be able to really um, cover some ground. One thing I, I missed your guys' announcement for asking for speakers and stuff and probably just missed the email, but how's your lineup of speakers that you've got set up? Uh, I mean, we have over 200. Uh, we have some of the best uh, presenters uh, all over the world. So Lily Wong is putting one in the morning uh, in Mandarin. That'll be, it's all uh, for uh, Mandarin speakers. We have people in Latin America. So we have an entire South American kind of English, Spanish track, two of them. And the speakers are, they, I wouldn't say that they would be like the most famous speakers that you've ever heard. These are people that I would call subject matter experts, very competent in what they do, know their audience, know how to talk to, you know, marketing, audience growth, a lot of the key factors that we all talk about, but a lot of fresh faces, a lot of new people. I, I believe we're going to have the most beginners we've ever had in our, uh, come through our doors with this. Uh, from all over the world. So we're, we're really, really excited for that. So you're doing six tracks simultaneously? No, I think uh, the most we'll have at any one time is it's three. Well, remember, each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's two to three tracks going on. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it's actually and a longer. It goes, you know, it goes, what, s seven days? Is that right? Six days? It goes uh, Monday through Saturday, six days. And then the pre-event right. starts Monday this week. And that's just us testing things out and we'll have some education throughout each day. So how many hours a day then is it? What's, what's the hours? Oh, it's at least uh, 10 hours a day. Wow. Six days, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that in lies the challenge because you're doing it during a work week and you know, the majority of us are back to work. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, that and plus the whole concept that, that, that you guys are doing around cons, right? So you're, you're creating little sub-events inside of the, of the conference, too. Why don't you talk about that a little bit and how that works? Yeah, so basically, just like a podcasting works, everything breaks down into categories. We've created what we call micro-cons within each category. So we actually have a sex communicator con for people that talk about uh, um, you know, marriage and, and sex and all kinds of stuff. We have. Uh, Faith Con for people that are faith podcasters. We have Cinema Vos, which is a Latin dual language voiceover conference. Um, there's quite a few different cons. Health and Wellness Con for the health and wellness podcasters. Uh, we have one on cryptocurrencies, uh, influencers that talk within that subject matter, comedy, uh, people that are in the comedy niche. So it's, it's a lot of different unique niches within the con. And then PodFest has a startup track, A to Z. We have Tech Tuesdays, uh, and then we have our Masterclass Talk Fridays. How's registration going? You doing okay on that? Uh, we're we're just under 2,000, and we're on track. So we're very confident in hitting our numbers and exceeding them. So we're, thank God for us, registration's coming in. Um, right now, we're averaging about two, 250 a day, but it's going to accelerate to three to 400. Uh, because of virtual events, Todd mentioned people wait last. Week, so, uh, 
the curve goes like this as you get into right. it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like they have to drive anywhere. <clears throat> you know? Well, I tell you, it's I'm uh this is no easy feat, especially to go that many hours. You know, we've we've talked about doing some events and we've done a bunch of surveys and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but everyone said I can only handle about four hours a day. So yeah, well, uh, you have to understand people are going to come in for the pieces that they want. Oh, I know. They're going to come yeah. back right. with the other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So we're yeah. Not, I'm not yeah. looking for anyone to sit there for eight hours. Yeah. I know they're not going. Right. Right. And that's what I, and I, and that's what I would fully expect to people to pop in and out. And maybe they'll look at the schedule and say, okay, I'm going to see this one. I'm going to see that one. Right. Oh yeah. Oh. And try and try to catch it as well, they the can. The methodology here to go into what you're saying is you, it's true. People pop in and out. So we're looking to have enough stuff each day for them to come popping back in. And then we have their attention a little bit more as we get along each and every day. So we think that um, we'll track it. I mean, there'll be a huge leaderboard. The Hoover has really interesting stats on how much time they spend. So we're hoping to crack the code of them spending quite a bit of time uh, each day with us. Maybe in the beginning, it's one session, then they come back. The sessions are, are pretty darn uh, in-depth and, and really solid stuff that we got. So we've been reviewing a lot of the presentations so far. They've been solid. So Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the networking aspects of, uh, of the event. Are you using any, any special tech or is it all the WUVA platform that you're using for pretty much all aspects of this or, or are you outsourcing other tools other than the WUVA platform? No, the Hoover is, is made for collaboration. So there's uh, people could set up, we'll have uh, boards where they could set up one-to-one -one meetings. And mm -hmm. we're also going to be looking to do uh, breakouts within Zoom, networking our speakers and our attendees at different platforms. So, you know, we're, we're going to do what we can with the technology we have. But Hoover is probably the most interactive tool I've ever seen when it comes to connecting people together. And there's a lot of gamification mm -hmm. within that app. So we're really excited to, to get into Hoover and let it work its magic. So how do you actually get people to use Whova? I've never even heard of it. So uh, we used Whova uh, for Sheep Podcast, which is phenomenal, and then we use it for Podfest after. Once you register Eventbrite, it already ha you already have a user with Whova. It sends you an email. You click, and it just about auto launches. There's an app, a desktop version. Once you get in, fairly easy. It's 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 think of it as like you're walking into a hotel. There's architecture. You hit your room, and then you go right into your room. Zoom is integrated in the room, so it auto launches. And um, mm -hmm. it's fairly easy to use. I mean, we're testing it out tomorrow. We're going live tonight, and then tomorrow we'll do some tests. So, how is it? Whova.com or what is it? W H O V A. Oh, who? Uh, I don't know if it's a dot com, but the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard, yeah, I've heard, okay, I've heard of Whova. I thought it was spelled with an H. They, uh, yeah, they, they have, have a, uh, mobile apps uh, too. Yeah, they're, they're I used them well at Podfest, and it's a it, it's a pretty powerful tool, actually. I I, I talked to them at one point just to learn more about their platform and it's pretty powerful. I don't remember using it podcast. Of course I wasn't using any app. I was just stuck in the booth. So <laughs> yeah. Or if I like did use are, it, if yeah. I did use it, I didn't know I was using it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey Chris, let's, let's talk about a bigger topic here too. That's r r related to your event too. And, and how you're thinking about um, the future of, real, real in-person events, uh, coming back. And do you see the shift to this virtual stuff, uh, as kind of like a education curve for, for the world right now. And that, that you're going to find that there's going to be a greater balance between virtual events and real world events as you look to the future. 
Well, I was surprised when uh, Zoom went from 10 million users to 200 million users. It almost sounded unreal because I thought pretty much everybody right. had used it at one point or another. So a lot of people now are familiar with technology. I mean, you guys are pioneers in what you've been doing for quite some time at this point. But um, I think live events will do better. Uh, certain live events will do better in other events like a lot of corporate type events where people are like, oh, we could have done this virtually and cut out a million dollars. Um, they're going to start re-looking at their budgets for that kind of stuff. But for live events like uh, big podcasting live events, new media, those things are going to do really well because people still need to meet each other personally. We're already online. Um, what, I, what I don't see a clear picture is when that's going to come back online. I'm hoping sooner than later, but um, yeah. you know, we're all, yeah. we're all waiting. But are you thinking as you look to the future, even when that happens, that there's going to be a stronger online kind of virtual event that'll be bolted on to your real world event to try and get scale? Or is that, I mean, I mean, how do you see that, that playing out over time as you think about it? Yeah, I actually see PodFest having a physical event at the same time, having a virtual event at the same time while people that can't attend it could uh, have virtual speakers and we start scheduling that out. Uh, oh, and I see it as a okay. huge um, entry point okay. to grow your community. Uh, oh, I also, okay. we were going to do a, by the way, we're going to do a virtual event anyway, because it's just smart business to have right. a virtual right. event, right? I know now everybody's talking about virtual events, but we would have done one anyways. You know, now we're just going to do a couple more than normal. But I'm not, this 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 global summit, we're only doing one. After that, they're all going to be small one-day events. Uh, this is one where we're putting all our resources Got Hoover, we're getting sponsors, getting everybody integrated. So we're we're um we will see more of it integrated, but I think what Todd is mentioning is what people have to crack the code in, which I'm hoping I'll be able to do that, is you need more live interaction. Not someone sitting at their home watching something for 15 minutes and then never coming back. So it's how do you integrate a community via live event? I, I think we'll see we're seeing a lot of beta tools right now. I just I don't I don't know how many of those will, will survive, but we're seeing a lot of tools come out for this kind of stuff. For me, yeah, though, also knows that our, they're very expensive too. Yeah, um, yeah. So for us, you know, nothing is ever going to replace a live event. I figure we lost a quarter million dollars of revenue this year just by not being able to go to events. You know that because we meet businesses, NAB big hit. You know, big big hit because we couldn't go. You know. I, if I don't generate $100,000 worth of business out of NAB, we don't go to NAB. There was no NAB. There was no business generated because there was no NAB. Um, and, and then additional businesses with meeting new people in the podcasting space, you just don't have that same interaction. Right. There's great training, right. great courses, but there's not the vendor discussions. There's no way for that to really even work at this point to, to be effective, to be able to talk to people. So that nut's got to be cracked. And, um, I think that, uh, the live events just have to, you know, after we get through this and they get a vaccine or whatever, I, I would go to an event tomorrow. I'm not scared to travel. So, but I know m- many people are and they won't go. So that's, you know, that's the life we're at at this point. But, um, when do you guys think we'll see live events come back? Like I was, I was shocked that. that CES canceled. I thought CES would have continued. And to me, that personally, February? that's February? in January. January. Okay. To me, that's on a, not a blueberry business aspect, but my blog, that's a major hit for me for, because that, that show generates 
a year's worth of connections, content, relationship building, I lose that. And that, that is, you know, I go to that show and I spend a lot of personal money at that show, but it also generates lots of personal, you know, so we're going to have to see how this is going to affect because it's just for my regular podcast, how it's going to affect. And, um, so, you know, you're turning off a quarter million people going to Vegas, the biggest trade show there. Yeah. So, um, and then there's a hundred thousand Chinese there too. So I guess maybe there is a reason why they can't, but, um, I, I don't know. I just, I hope in the spring, I hope we're back in, back in the, live show business by March, April time frame. I don't know, Rob, yeah, what think, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Google announced uh, that they're going to keep everybody home until I think it is July of 2021 as far as their their staff and employees. Um, so I think the general consensus is like spring to early summer of, of 2021 before there's a, a great likelihood that there'll be some sort of a of a treatment or a vaccine for the virus that can start building confidence again. But I, you know, I think that this has been such a big hit that it's going to be slow. It's going to be a slow build um, for people to trust to come out again. I, it's, I'm it, just, yeah. it's, it's not just, it's just not podcasting conferences. It's HR conferences. It's all these oh, other right, things we go everything. for all our other services we offer that are beyond just what a podcaster does. So, and we were talking about it yesterday during our marketing meeting. We're like, okay, yeah. what are we going to do? Because we have to right. do something. And uh, so, you know, we're coming up with our own plans. And but Chris, uh, and what are you hearing in the trade show industry? Is there, I mean, what are they shooting for, you think? Well, all of them have canceled the last of the quarter two next year. So they're all shifting what I heard, same thing you heard from Google, uh, late June, July. Jesus. Next year devastating now that's corporate right i i, I don't know when they yeah. could have a, um, come back but that's the corporate case bank on down they're all going june july of next year because they, they're some of them had scheduled some quarter two meetings and they're moving them now as we speak well and that's also probably a lockdown on employees traveling as well right oh, so absolutely. it's 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 the attendee side that gets hit you know with these big big corporations as well going to events. But again, majority of attendees at events are not at big corporations. You know, there is a portion yeah, of them no. there. It no. actually hurts your sponsors. That's the bigger corporations are the sponsors and they don't bring their they don't allow their people to travel right to those conferences. That's where you feel it first. Yeah. Right. Well we'll see. I don't know. It's uh and here's the thing you're up against too everyone's doing a virtual conference. Now I know of at least three or four moral virtual conferences that are happening. You know, one uh, podcast movement's having one. Then there's another one of the week before or week after that's another five day one. So there is a huge number of compete because I'm getting all these proposals for virtual events. And, and I talked to the event and you've got a handle on it. I talked to a lot of virtual event organizers and they have nary a clue. Yeah, so we did three things to differentiate this. One, we did a crowdfunding so to get the buy-in of the community. We had 392% of goal. Two, we got you know backing of uh, the sponsors like Lipson and different people that really want to get behind it. Uh, StreamYard is is coming online as well. A lot of different sponsors. Uh, and then we invested in like we invested heavily in Hoover 
and a lot of different tech tools. And then we have a team that helps with this. So I know a lot of people will uh, duct tape something together, but we even created a community of people for this event that are excited to literally interact and then connect newbies. So we have a we have a plan of attack, and uh, we're going to unleash it. and And I believe we will be successful. Uh, my goal is to bring the culture that we all feel at Podfest virtually. Now, I will be the first to tell you, virtual cannot really go as close to physical as you said. There's hallway conference. A lot of things that happen at a physical event that you can't account for, but we're going to do our best to get as close as we can. Yeah, it's those hallway conversations. It's there's the, a lot. like you said, it's the drinking the beer at the yeah. Your fellow trade drug yeah, right. Like you're not gonna, right. you can't. How are you gonna do that at the? You no. know, and I know people have these VR type things, but they're just not there yet. That could take a very long time to have a full thing. So there's a lot of little nuances. You know, you can't go out have a drink, like you know that happens at a thing. So I'm I'm excited to get back to live events when yeah. it does happen. I'm hoping like you guys, it happens sooner than what everybody's planning. It comes back, but now we're all in a wait and see pattern for that. And it, um, definitely it, not happening this year. I think we could all agree on that. And it really boils down to one thing: this is it, it's attention. When we're there. We don't, you know, we're checking our email late in the evening, check it early in the morning. The rest of the time we're interacting, we're having conversations, we're waving the flag, we're, you know, doing the things we need to do to, it it, it happens at trade shows. And that is the piece that, you know, that really makes trade shows really as valuable as they are, or or even events, not necessarily trade shows, but in-person events. So, right. You know, it's not with, and now they're talking about not letting kids go back to school in some states. So, oh my God, you know, talk about even lower attention span because you got kids that are going to be homeschooling, uh, maybe traditional school or actual real homeschool is in the, you know, in the original world word. And then you got moms and dads that are, you know, we've got that situation at our office where we've got two, um, one of our team members, him, his wife and him both are in the same office and we're in, they're in a zoom call and we're in a zoom call and you can hear the crosstalk. It, it's crazy. So, you know, that's going on. So lots of distractions and then people are just getting burned, you know, they're burned of being at home and not having social interaction. So maybe that's, maybe that's the thing, Chris, yeah. is that you can get that social interaction going give people a chance to <gasps> talk to somebody. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, well, we're hoping to accomplish that. And like yeah. I said, I, I think Hoover's the best tool that we've ever found that. that. So we're confident and uh, we'll start it tomorrow. I mean, the we'll launch tonight, tomorrow we'll see how people interact. How many, yeah. how many, how many people are you doing? You've got at least three people that are running in three different locations, running the zoom meetings, right? Or are well, you doing that's only on Fridays. They're staggered. So oh, okay. Think about it like, like a step. Oh, okay. Some overlap maybe by an hour. So we're trying not to do three at once at any one time. So it'll be like, hey, this will, you know, productivity con here. And then, you know, so there'll be an accordion. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Then people could choose what they want. And they won't, and you won't pass out. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise, (laughs) I'll probably on Friday. Yeah. So another twist on these. the, the future of real world events, too. I was talking to an event that's, getting organized in, in London in 2021, they're shooting for like 6,000 real world attendees and all this stuff around the podcasting space in Europe. And 
And one of the slides that they sent me was basically a presentation on how they were going to manage um, the the networking around social distancing, masks, how how the interactions are going to happen at the at these real world events, even when we do start going back to real world events. Chris, have you thought about that aspect of it too? Is it is it going to put a crimp on the whole reason why we do real world events? Is that these social <clears throat> distancing and those kind of things are going to get in the way of it. <clears throat> I, no, I think I've seen this done at, um, I think in Seattle, the event that uh, you were at, Rob, uh, a little while back. We'll have rooms where people want to be left alone, like quiet <clears throat> rooms or whatever. And I get right. it. it gets too intense to get away. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're in a conference, you're looking to meet people and get to know them. If mm-hmm. you need distancing, we'll have rooms where you can distance yourself and take yourself out of that situation. But to tell someone, for someone else not to put their hand out, shake their hand, it, it gets kind of difficult. But I think we'll see how it shapes up, but I'm hoping that we won't have to get to that level. But it, we'll see. As soon as there's a vaccine or a more robust pharmaceutical solution, I'm burning every mask I've got. <laughs> there you go. Todd, you I never got, know when you might need it again. <laughs> we all have... <laughs> and the, the, the sooner I can get away from wearing a mask, I I wear a mask. But the sooner yeah. I can viably not wear a mask, I'm burning every one of them. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I forget I'm wearing a mask, trying like something or oh, I don't forget. Drink. I don't. I don't forget. If you wear glasses, you don't forget. Oh, it fogs up. No, yeah, because they're it stifling. All the time. In Florida, <laughs> you can't see. It goes right. In, right. Someone's going to come up with an invention for that where there'll be some something stupid that's going to keep our glasses from fogging up. So that's one thing for sure. And, and of course, branded masks. Everyone's going to be, there'll be the Libsyn mask. There'll be the Podbean mask. There'll be the Blueberry mask with some stupid on them. So. <laughs> that'll be the giveaway at the booth. Huh? Well, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure that's going to, you know, that's, you already see the vendors. We're already getting hit up for, you know, branded stuff. So. Chris, you're, you're really plugged into the podcast community and what's going on in it right now. Is there, is there anything that's going on that's surprising you right now that has, you know, it's something that you've come across that's kind of unusual compared to what you've seen in the past? Uh, n- nothing that we don't know, but I, I we're going to see a lot more of the, a lot of live video and the integration of the two. And you see that with uh, Spotify is going to, they're already doing video ads on spotify so there's there's a lot of integration moving forward and um just keep an eye on it really most people who say podcast they don't know if you mean a youtube channel or an audio show so there's just a lot of uh convergence of the mediums so i'm just paying attention to that and a lot of lot lot more niche creators that are still waiting to come online so there's right. a there's really you know audio drama is probably one of my favorite examples but people don't even know it exists that these people are creating serialized, scripted, fictional realities. And mm-hmm. some of them have millions of downloads. It's just amazing that that was Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. And now it you know, has this new renaissance with the creativity that these people are bringing to it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that, that side of it. It's interesting you say Spotify. I, I pulled some data recently, and we're actually seeing a drop in Spotify. In Spotify downloads? Yeah, and Spotify user share, yeah. And it all kind of happened around the Joe Rogan announcement. We started to see a drop off. So I don't know if some people. Oh, I, I'm sure people didn't like that. 
So I don't know if it, but the problem is Joe Rogan's not over there permanently yes. yet. Right, so, right. so why did, why was there a dip? You know, I, I don't know. So time will tell. No, they're making moves. I'll tell you that they got all kinds of reps calling people up. So I have been seeing people ask me what's this or what's that? Like they're literally got their reps out there. So they're, they're, they're playing it very aggressively. And my assumption is they couldn't make a lot of money in music. And they're figuring, hey, podcast free, we can monetize the crap out of it. Well, Rob and I talked about this at length. You know, if, if someone listens to 90 minutes of this show on Spotify, which they don't, but if they did, it would offset 90 minutes of music revenue. And if they so chose, they could monetize on top of it against us. And then it's, it's a double bonus. It's like they get 180 minutes worth of free, Correct. you know, and offsets 180 minutes of, of music. music. But right. here's, here's a topic for you, Chris. Rob and I, or at least we raised this question, it, it got some reaction. Um, is it time that podcasters through and through uh, were paid for our content to be on platforms, so just like music artists? That's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that because it started as a freemium with you know the iTunes store. So it'd be tough to go backward. Well, whereas music was always paid till Napster kind of true, it, right? and I, and I don't know if we can and put then the, they had to go back to getting paid. Again. I don't know if we can put the genie back in the bottle, but it's all indications are is that these big platforms, you know, Pandora's already said they're going to do revenue share, so they they've already recognized the value, but their slow, you know, their uptake has been pretty slow, at, of total number of shows where Spotify has everything. Well, and Spotify does pay you for their anchor ads, put their own ads. They'll pay you $15 per CPM. So there is some. Well, their CPMs are not 15. Oh, I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> but if you're on anchor and there's right. only like 4,000 active shows on act on anchor. So, um, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I, it's just a question, you know, because our content is becoming more valuable. You know, I'm getting calls. Rob's getting calls. We're all getting calls for distribution across globally, across platforms. And mm -hmm. people wanting to integrate and get the content. So they, they recognize the value of the content. But yet, we're giving it all away for free. Well, it's kind of like blogging with writers, right? They went from paying for newspapers to you getting it for free. And maybe it'll happen like um, what's happening now. All these newspapers online are putting paywalls up. And you pay a dollar or whatever, something. Small. So depending on the source, yeah, if they trust the name, maybe they'll pay a premium. I mean, Sirius XM is paid you know, audio, so um, right. it, it really depends. Well, Sirius doesn't write me a check, and my this show's over at Sirius, so. Oh, is it? I didn't know it was on Yeah, Sirius. you know, Sirius has got a huge inventory. Rob kicked that off when he worked at Spreaker, you know, got all the shows from Spreaker on iHeart, and then it, right. it moved to, to everybody. So. I don't know. I it, I don't know if we can put the genie back in the bottle, but it, it's a conversation that maybe podcasters need to start to have because what happens when the corporate suits say, "Okay, we got let's, we can we can double up here. Let's let's place a a bounty ad against a mommy podcaster show, and she's advertising Dawn or whatever you know, competing brand." Then we have a problem, but. Maybe it's just going to be up to us to monetize in our shows, and then they're going to monetize around us. I'm not you saying think they are. Be like YouTube, the way they monetize on YouTube, type thing. 
rep share? Why would they? They don't have to pay us for anything. <clears throat> well, I guess eventually, hopefully, they'll compete and pay us something. Well, it's up to the industry to push back on right. that, um, Todd, too. I mean, we've seen that happen before. The example was Stitcher. Stitcher tried to do that, and the industry pushed back on it, and Stitcher wound up backing off on it. And it, unfortunately, it also puts Stitcher in a, in a financial vice, too. How do they pay for building their platform? Um, it was a tough, it's a tough question. Um, but I think that the music streaming platforms are in a different situation right. than, than Stitcher was. Uh, whether or not this, you know, I, I think what the Joe Rogan deal shows is that the bigger shows will start to do this because Joe wasn't on Spotify before he did that deal. Um, so that you know, that was one of those deals. And I believe podcast one was not on Spotify for a long time because, uh, Spotify was, uh, caching and rehosting the files and the whole business model that podcast one had was around dynamic ad insertion. So, you know, that company wasn't going to put any, any of their content on any of the platforms that was rehosting content because it broke their business model. Um, so you kind of have that going on here too. And a lot of these platforms are going to be looking for ad free versions of the content to Spotify's so, credit though. You know, they did go through path to go to pass through. So I, we can change yeah. our ads now if we want to, if we want to dynamically change the ad. Right. So we're not, right. but that, that took a lot of oh, uh, yeah. convincing. It did. That didn't happen overnight. And at the yeah. same time, it put the, the, the hosting load, you know, so I, my hosting bill went up whatever percentage right. we had based upon right. that traffic, you know, that I was basically just yeah. handing off and wasn't costing me nothing. So, right. and we don't monetize against, you know, it, our pod, we're just offering a service. So our costs went up, right. and, <laughs> our tech support and, went up and Spotify's costs went down. Right. Right. So, right. You know, so that's not, that's is, another thing. They don't even have to pay for the bandwidth, Chris, and we're paying right. for the bandwidth. So it's, it's, right. it's a hundred percent free ride. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah those are parts you don't think about. Yeah. That's I so Chris is, are, are these big companies approaching you, uh, getting involved in your event? We had, um, we had talked with Spotify. We talked to, uh, uh, Harmon, which is JBL, the speakers. Right. So they had a whole stage in the back downstage. We had Audible call us last year. It was just a little too last minute. So they are talking, they are calling, and they are watching. So they're, you know, we went from, I remember five or six years ago, I went to NAB. Hadn't gone in a while, so I went back, and I remember talking to certain people, and I remember one guy was like, hey, man, I won't even give you my business card because we're not interested. And then... I met the person again and he's like, Hey, we're looking at it. And I met him again a year later and he's like, Hey, we're interested. So it, it takes a while for them to wake up though. So, but they're, they're definitely coming around. That's yeah. Cause I do know that there's a, a certain segment of the podcasting space um, that doesn't even know about uh, your event. Chris. So I, yeah, I think and over it's, time yeah. they'll, they'll learn cause we keep doubling Remember what we did was we have a culture and community, so kind of like Southwest right. culture. People bring friends back, so I, I think that's gonna gonna see that keep steamrolling, especially with this global summit. So many people are finding out about us. Uh, it will literally double to triple our database because of all the influx that's coming in. Yeah, I mean, it isn't isn't B 
because you're doing something wrong or anything like that, there's just a, a, a segment of the podcasting community that's only paying attention to certain sources of info. And it's typically coming out of the Northeast. Um, they're just not seeing what's going on in the greater podcasting space. Oh no. If you live in, if you, I, if you only read one newsletter and it's primarily focuses New York and Boston, you don't know any, you don't, you don't even, you don't know 90% of what's good. What, what that conference right. had 2000, exactly. what, who, where, when that was a reaction yep. that we got. Rob got to your show. People had no, I, these I'm big names. They're like, what, who, yeah. where, yeah, at the, yeah, at the rain <laughs> summit in New York, uh, here this past, uh, I think it was, um, there January or March. Right. I told people I was about to come down to Podfest, and they're like, Podfest, what's that? And it's like every person I talk to. So it just, it, it, there's different bubbles in this medium um, that people just don't, I, I don't know what it is. They, they, now, granted, your conference is very indie focused, right? And that community is, is, very, is very big network, big, you know, big radio. You know, that is the community that they, they live in. And I guess I've been trying to bring these communities together, you know, like I tell everybody about your your event down there and they're like, Oh, I'll go check it out. But yeah, there's still, you know, missing connections here in this podcasting space. I guess it's getting so big that there's people coming into the medium that just don't have that bigger context. Well, like, uh, I think Todd hit the nail on the head. They get one feed yeah, and right. they stay within their radius and anything outside of that. I mean, listen, I grew up in New York. You live in New York. You don't think any other part of the country exists. There's, <laughs> right. There is some conceit <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's true. Growing up as a New Yorker, you just think everything happens there, and every other right. place is just like some place outside of New York. Right. So it's just funny how now I don't think that's true in today's day. Seeing huge migrations out of a lot of places, but um, yeah, I, I could understand that. The, the cool thing about us, we're a word of mouth conference, and we'll keep growing. Where we see ginormous growth, and we're hitting. Uh, a lot of growth out of the country, which we're really excited about. Seeing a lot of people from other parts of the globe coming in. They were flying in for this past conference, and we're going to see more of that coming up. So we're we're in a good we're in a good position, and you know I'm just going to keep supporting the people that have supported us. I don't know if a lot of people realize why that's important, but in my mind, if you support the people that supported you, they keep supporting you, and that is marketing that you just cannot pay for. That's that's from the heart people care about it. so that's why you keep seeing us growing we haven't gotten where we came from so what do you uh rob's got his podcast academy hat so have you guys uh what's your what's your ear to the ground on people's thoughts on the podcast academy uh well at first people didn't know what it was so there was some confusion you know what's going on with it Mm -hmm. And then I think when they saw that uh, Rob Greenlee was part of it, there was uh, some calming effect. And then people were like, hey, I think we should be part of it. I was asked by a couple of people once I found out that Rob was uh, part of it. I said them check it out. But I did also mention that, you know, there's other awards that have been around for quite some time and check those out as well. And, right. Um, right now, people are excited about it. And there's a good buzz about it. That's good. I think that, um, you know, we need to see more numbers. How's your guys' numbers over there, Rob? Is it doing okay or is it a little slow? Well, I mean, I would, 
I mean, this is a big, <clears throat> big medium. We'd love to see a lot more members come in the door and, and we're kind of getting to a point now where we need to start some marketing initiatives and, and we're, we're going to partner, you know, with some events like the podcast Academy is going to do a microcon with Chris. So that's something that we've been working on the last, you know, the last 24 hours trying to get, get pulled together. Um, so we can get some, some, you know, some terrific speakers over there and get a, get, get its own track going as part of his event. And th- th- that's just kind of the beginning of how this organization is going to, going to work with the community and hopefully, um, be, be accessible and, and be, be a resource going forward too. Um, now granted we're all into the education stuff, right? So we all are a little bit, a little bit competing uh, with each other too. So I, I do think that that the organization needs to take on a little bit more leadership into some other areas of the medium too. Um, but to get started with, I mean, it's just pulling together what the awards is going to be, which is really, really the focus of the organization right now is just getting a good handle on what that's going to be. Cause that's going to kick off here, um, soon. So it's, it, you know, that whole process and I Todd, you know what it's like to, to do this and it's a, it's quite an undertaking. Yeah. Our, uh, nomination period ends on Friday. So right. uh, Friday at midnight, our nomination period's over. Then I got to get the accounting firm to work and then we'll have a slate sometime next week. I have to announce and then mm-hmm. the voting starts again. So, you know, we're on a timeline. We, uh, uh, international podcast day is September 30th and we have, uh, award show that night. So, you know, it's just things have to meet their, you know, meet their, their deadlines, meet right. their deadlines or we, we won't be ready. <laughs> we won't have winners yet. Todd, and how many years have you been doing that? This is 15. And wow. I actually, I took a year off when someone else had it. So I didn't, well, I did count their year. I think I did. So 15, yeah. And this will be. Are you the original? Yeah. I'm the, was original and first. Yeah. Yep. So in this year, it looks like we may squeak out a couple thousand dollars. I don't want to call it profit because we take the money and we just put it right yeah. back in the site because there is no time and my time isn't accounted for. and. I have to pay the tech team, but the the server cost, but we'll turn that, whatever that excess is, we'll turn that right back into development of the software. I'm not, I don't want to get behind the eight ball again because we had to raise like 20 grand to fix it the last time and I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. So, but getting good, we could get a lot more participation. There could be, you know, there's no reason. I think we've got, I don't know what the number is. I haven't officially give the number, but there could be several thousand. Matter of fact, I wish there was a several thousand more participants, but um, we usually have seven or 800 shows that participate. Chris, since uh, your event starts fairly soon here, let's, let's talk about how people can get involved in it, what the costs are, what, what the various levels are of, of, of participation. Yeah. So very simple. You go to podfastexpo.com. We have free passes. So grab the free passes. They include the free week, which is uh, starting this Monday, uh, August the 3rd to the 8th. And then the record-setting week is August 10th to the 15th. And we'll be uh, doing that. So we do have a a paid pass, which is the next level up, is uh, $89. And that includes access to our master class on Friday. Then we have a VIP pass, a couple hundred dollars. That includes all the videos of the master classes. uh, And then the inner circle ticket is kind of a, 
networking pass for Saturday with all the speakers and it creates some special content. But mainly, uh, I would tell people, go grab a free pass. If you want the video pass, I would recommend that. But come in and have fun with us. We're excited. Once we uh, set the Guinness World Record, everybody will be able to uh, register to get a certificate that they were part of a, a Guinness World Record. So we're really excited about it. So how does the, the microcons work? Um, what's, what's the timing on those? So the microcons, um, in during pre-week each day, we have a, a certain topic and we try and start them all around one o'clock PM Eastern. We're trying to be sensitive to, you know, European mm-hmm. time standards and then, uh, Pacific and then some, and, and then we'll finish. We usually finish around 9 PM. So there's different microcons around different days. Once we release Hoover tonight, if you register for free ticket, you'll get in the app. You could see the entire schedule. So we'll have that public by tomorrow morning. Uh, and then let's just say on August 10th, when we launch A to Z, startup A to Z, that starts from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. The next day is uh, Tech Tuesday, again, from 1 p.m. Eastern to 8 or 9 p.m. So that that's kind of how it all works. And microcons are three-hour chunks here and there, depending on the microcons, two to three hours. So it's yeah, are those on a on a different date schedule, Chris? The microcons. Uh, we have microcons from August third to the eighth, right? And then we have a few uh, between the tenth and fifteenth that were registered early on. So where's the schedule for August third to the eighth? Because I'm looking on the website and I only see the tenth through the fifteenth. Yeah, we're going to email everybody that, and then uh, basically. On social, we have it integrated. I'm going to have my graphic guy throw that up there uh, tomorrow morning. All right. So August 3rd to the 8th, well, those will have those will be very well attended because there's they're all solo track. On the main week, there will be some things going up against each other. Gotcha. Does that make sense, Rob? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big event. I mean, you're pulling together lots and lots of pieces of this. It's probably probably the most extensive um, virtual event that I've ever seen. Um, and we've you know, met just, with all our speakers, yeah, I mean, which is incredible. Yeah. Like we've, we've gone through everything. I, I've been doing 23 to 25 one-to-ones a day, 10-minute blocks to talk to the presenters, make sure. Because um, the last thing we need is someone putting a pitch in there. Uh, so we're <laughs> really big on making sure that it's content-rich for our audience. Because it's our brand. And unfortunately for that person, and I know you guys know this, our community site is so tight-knit. If some guy or a gal tries to do a a sales pitch, it's going to hurt their <laughs> reputation more than ours because everybody knows how much work we put into it. So I, I'm, I'm actually protecting them if they're trying to do something underhanded because everybody knows it wasn't doesn't come from us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, when people do pitch, it's like they get socially blasted too. So maybe they have no idea but it, that's what that's what happens in a lot of cases as well so it immediately gets out there and you can't take any of that commentary back yeah and the other extreme is saying no pitch i'm good with an ending slide thing here's who i am right. here's my contact here's a lead gen if you want a free whatever i mean that's that's above board right. you've done your work you should be but you sit there and you start saying hey today and today only you know i'm going to teach you whatever and it's 20,000 but i'm going to discount it to 80%. That's when it's not going to go over well unless people know they're walking into uh one of those uh pitch and commercial type 
So I had someone comment to me, you guys already had a conference this year. Why are you having another conference? So what was the reasoning for doing one in August and not waiting to your normal time next year? Yeah, I could only speak for myself. It's really lonely sitting in the office here, <laughs> looking at the computer all day long and talking to my friends. And I was like, what better way than bring everybody together? And I, I literally did think like, maybe we should do it one day. I'm like, if I'm going to do it. I, I need a future to live into, to be quite frank. And I'm not one of those people I could just sit there and wait for something to settle outside my control. So we did a little one day, went over really well. I, I called up the Guinness World Records. They got back to me and one thing led to another. So this organically kind of happened. And I was watching a Disney movie with my daughter called Thing. And it's about a promoter named Mr. Moon. And his theater collapses. And somehow he makes the best of his theater collapsing. And he makes it an open air theater. <laughs> Only a promoter would do that. And holds this huge conference uh, performance, and it brings the whole city together. So for me, um, I'm I'm led by bringing my friends and people together and helping others. So it kind of fulfills what I need, and I have a future to live into instead of waiting, wondering when live events come back on. So that's really, it's it's my selfish desire to connect with my friends and help others. So are you planning on your next live conference to still happen in March or is that no, it's off? not going to happen in March? I could tell you that. So we're, we're in negotiations. We'll be releasing a new date, but it, it will not happen in March. We, we already uh, know that. So there's going to be some news coming out. Um, I guess this is uh, an exclusive, but we'll, we'll be releasing some news in a month or two. Just don't put them on top of the other ones. <laughs> We listen one that's not I'm very supportive of all the other conferences. I agree with you. I, I want every conference to be able to breathe. Unfortunately, with COVID, it's thrown a monkey wrench into everybody's plans. Yeah, it's hard. Like I was looking forward to going to podcast and, and seeing everybody. It's just it's unfortunate that you know this and she podcasts in October. So it's unfortunate that this has happened. It's I think they it they had to make the call. I understand that they had to make the call and largely it was probably, I'm not speaking for them, but I'm guessing it was financial. They probably had to call it at a certain point. Um, but I don't know. It's uh things are tapering off now. So I would have hoped that by October we would have been good. But again, I'm the optimist that uh, is not afraid to travel. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. But at the, you know, at the same time, unfortunately, I, I think you guys know this, but people have no idea the guarantees that we have to sign with these right. hotels. And the risk. I know people are always like, why are the tickets so expensive? If you only, I get you guys are vendors and exhibitors, so you know this better than anyone. But I don't think people understand the guarantees. Like, like you got to put up six, sometimes seven figure guarantees to make these conferences happen. And the hotel doesn't care if you're not pulling it off. They want their money. And there's That's clauses right. in there that if you don't hit certain metric, there's penalties. And those penalties could be ginormous. So, um, I'm grateful to have been able to survive that and learn through the curve, but it's just not easy. And that's why you don't see too many people full time running a, a live event promotion. It's very difficult. And I think too, what we're going to probably start seeing is people never, ever in the past did insurance for events. And I'm sure there's going to be now opportunities to buy insurance and extremely high premiums to you know, to protect an event in case it, cause it's going to be extremely, you're probably going to spend as much on insurance as, you know, your down payment to start to reserve a place. Yeah. But, so I'm very well versed in this because of, you know, this is my side of the business. Uh, one of the only events that had insurance, Wimbledon. 
And every year they would pay their insurance premium for live event insurance, which believe it or not, most events do not pay those. They, they get liability. They don't get where, hey, if it all gets canceled, I want to get paid out no matter what. And I think it was Lloyd's of London. They had to pay them out close to a billion dollars. Wow. Which wiped out all the premiums they had collected from all <laughs> for that line of insurance. And if anyone's not familiar, this happens with like Kirk. They, they're all reassessing if they want to provide live event insurance. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so do you have a, a, a relationship with the hotel right now for looking to the future or did that kind of get closed up? No, no, we have a relationship and we're all in talks. And um, I mean, literally we're, We'll be announcing something shortly. Okay. Um, so we're everything's good. We're, we'll have an event. We're actually expecting our event to. Uh, I'm overly optimistic, but I have a feeling we'll be close to four thousand people next year. But we'll see where it goes. Definitely, I could guarantee you we'll be at three thousand, but uh, we might have a shot at four. I I think really I I like your enthusiasm. Right. Don't get me wrong. But it's, I think there's a lot of contingencies and uh, contingency is, and I know some people aren't going to do, I you know there's a lot of controversy. Some people don't want to do the vaccine, but uh, I'll be, I'll be the first in line oh, yeah. to get a vaccine I because I want, I want to get moving again, you know? Well, so if they open up other countries, so I get that. I like, I'm going, like I said, I am on the overall side, but you know, what countries are allowed to travel in and all that knows how that's going to play out. So yeah. that, that will impact. Yeah. There's so some, do you anticipate but, keeping the event in, in Florida? Yeah, it'll be in Orlando. Oh, okay. Greg says, yeah, but who would have attended in October? I mean, Doug says, Doug, I'd have been there. May have been alone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that'd probably be. You never Todd know. Todd would be the event, crowd, right? Yeah. To facilitate the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not scared. Yeah. there's there's conferences going on now i don't know how big there maybe 100 150 people showing up at in certain states oh i don't is there any states allowing that i i hadn't heard that i well maybe like it's in Texas, it's Texas, I think texas uh, i think texas cranked it back down but maybe like oh, okay. south dakota yeah, or someplace right. like that maybe <laughs> well, I know, so. Uh, so you're thinking Gary smaller um kind of like business conferences or are you talking about like team meetings or what are you talking about you think well, I got to reach out to Gary Leland. I know he's got fifth block boom coming up, so I got to see what's going on there. Yeah, uh, in late August. Interesting. Well, it's uh, hey, you know what's amazing? All the places that I travel to normally, they're sending me great deals on <laughs> hotel rates. <laughs> well, listen, Florida is is packed. Anything on the is uh, the hotels are packed. I don't know if you'd want to go to them, but. Basically, everybody's driving in the camping camping sites. Camping sites in Michigan are largely booked full. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. so outdoors, I mean, everybody's <laughs> everywhere at this point. So that's the key. Maybe maybe where we have the conferences at the uh, in Hawaii at uh, uh, do it at the bowl where you can be. Basically, it's the big. What do they call that? The oh my god, it's like the Hollywood Bowl, but it's a version of that in Honolulu. Uh, Oh crap. I'll lose my Hawaii cred here. But anyway, they got, you know, one of those big amphitheaters that's open and you sit on the it's all outside. It's a great place for a conference during COVID, but of course you have to quarantine for 14 days when you arrive in Hawaii if you're a visitor and if you are out of quarantine, they arrest you. So oh, wow. uh, yeah. Great for tourism. Great uh, great look. 
<laughs> hey, Todd, did you see the article in Pod News um, about the top uh, 100 most chosen podcast names? Did you see that list? I did not look at the list. So, did you get some comedy out of it? I bet I'm you there's a. On I'm sure there's a few on fires. <laughs> the number one is uh, no title. What? Are <laughs> you serious? Like, it, like, is it called no title or it has? Title? Yeah, it's just that's that's the name of the podcast. That's the title of the podcast. No title. There's a lot of those. Well, it's it's kind of like passwords, right? The most popular password is password. All right, I have to, I have to, I have to go look. We have, we have a directory <laughs> of all of the. Uh, let me then, go. Then the number two one is uh, sermons. Oh, I'm not surprised about oh, that. Yeah, that yeah. And then number three is sermon audio. And then number four is webtalkradio.net, just like. I, I actually own that domain. <laughs> I mean, not that particular domain name, but I own webtalkradio.com. So but, he, here's my yeah. search for no title. And I don't agree. I've got all, I have every pod. Where did they get this list? Uh, I don't know. It's actually oh, called from, no from title. Par from Paracast. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. No title is the most popular title. Uh, here's, here's my, Here's, I got, uh, this is page one result. One, two, there's some that says title. Yeah. Let me go to page so two. Be sure to put a name to your podcast. Okay. There's, so. there's 234 <laughs> of them that have the name podcast. So Sermon was another one, Rob? Ser yeah. Yeah, Sermon and then Sermon Audio. And then the term podcast. And the term, uh, like trailer and intro. Oh, interesting. COVID-19, uh, real talk, let's talk, that kind of stuff. Oh, those must be terms that's in the actual name of the show. No, it's, it's the first real title is what they're calling it. Real talk. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's a lot of like real, real talk podcast, real talk, no chaser, right? Uh, uh, real talk demons in my mind, uh, and that kind of stuff. Real talk, 100 real talk. Let's talk real estate, real talk. So that I understand, but there's not that many just real talks. There's five or six that are just real talk, at, at least in our directory. But there is quite a few. The, I'm looking here. There is quite a few more that are real talk. If I go further in, oh yeah, a lot. Holy cow, yeah. So it thinks like someone would have. Here's a whole list of just real talk. You know? Wow, that's the title, huh? Yeah, that's the title. Yep. Hopefully, none of them hired a strategist to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's some, a strategist that gives the same the, client the same name. It's the strength in numbers strategy. So right? whoever was whoever was first. Whoever was first and has the, the you know, semi-quasi trademark on that could have a field day. Right, yeah. So, I would so imagine. You guys recommend trademark? It's hard to because you can, but. I mean, you can try. It's, yeah. 
but it's not easy, especially if it's because so many terms are, are taken. You can't, but you can't trademark banana, you know, so stuff like that. So depending on the name, right? Right. And some stuff has gotten trademarked, you know, that are associations like the blueberry association with the real blueberry, you know, so. But the, the proper spelling is that what the proper spelling. Yeah. (laughs) What are you guys seeing with artificial intelligence coming out with that, with AI? Are people, uh, cause I'm on, I know people listen to news and maybe weather updates, but are they, are they listening to podcasts, uh, with their AI devices? Well, I think you've got, you know, we've seen in the past where people have taken, and this really is an AI. They've taken a written news story and created a podcast from it. Um, right. I, I don't know if there's any AI work being, nothing that I've heard. Well, I think where it's being done is around transcriptions. Yeah. Um, and trying, trying to find context. And I, I think there is, um, you know, Apple's working on a new augmented reality, um, like goggles, glasses kind of concept. I don't know how that's going to initially change podcast listening. Um, it's, it's probably not a whole lot different than what we've seen with the Apple watch. It's just an extension of the iPhone or whatever. Um, but it, it's going to be more visual, right? So you'll see the world around all your stuff, like on your iPhone. So people will hold their phones less is what it kind of, what it means. Um, I'm not sure what that has to do with it, but I think that the smart, Speaker platforms, you know, from Google and Amazon, um, I think they're in a position to benefit from AI probably more than just about anybody else, Um, Mm. you know, to try and get context in the audio side of things. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, We got an email. I'm looking to see if I can read any of this without giving it away. Who sent it to me? Um, was it a question or a comment about yeah, it was a comment about the show. show uh the person said lots of great insight as always can't read that can't read that um oh tough to keep up these days on basically who's acquired who and definitely can't say that because that was specifically said off the record well, you don't make it easy for me here. And I don't have my, I don't have the email up on the screen this time revealing stuff from a listener. Uh, let's see here. Now, the CES did say in their <laughs> announcement that they will be back in, with, with, with a real world event in 2022 is what they said. Well, we'll see. So they're putting the stake in the ground. They've got to. They've just. Did Las, they, the Las Vegas Convention Center did Las Vegas North North. That new structure that they built that we were going to yeah. move into probably, this year was what right? it's probably. Well, it's they're not in such a rush, but right. that was built specifically for CES. So um, they, they have to come back. <laughs> well, you imagine what the hit was on Las Vegas. Oh, I can't, it's it's 10 days. It's it's millions and millions of dollars. I look at what, uh, you know, I look okay. at what my little team spends. We spend 20, 25 grand. And Chris, have you ever thought about 
moving Podfest to you know another city or Vegas or somewhere else, or is it just about building community right there and being being a place that people know? I've thought about it. We'd like to. We've we're working with the um, Orange County Convention Bureau, mm-hmm. so or eventually we'd like Podfest to become a citywide event. So it would take some time, but. We see our microcon development and all these conferences building up into um, a big conference. So it takes time to, to build into a city. So if we ever right. did move something out, like I love Vegas personally, but it would be like a Podfest West that would be way down the road. Right. I think. I mean, are you thinking like a almost like a like a Dragon Con type concept where it would kind of like take over a city? Is that what you're thinking? Ideally, yeah, because you got like certain hotels that filter right into the center. It would take time, but we think with the growth of everything, um, we have some good potential there. I just, you know, I think there's huge opportunity for someone to either work with NAB or probably not CES. That really is a match, but NAB, any of the NAB shows would be because they just draw such huge numbers mm-hmm. and 140,000 people. Um, they try to do something in AB, but the track is very limited and very narrow and hyper-focused on broadcasters. And, but I think there's huge, you know, that's what the goal was of the folks that used to have, what was the show before podcast movement? New Media Expo. Yeah. New Media Expo. You know, that was their attempt, but it was poorly executed. Yeah. They, they poorly executed exhibitor space, poorly executed where the where all the sessions were so but it was it was kind of a good fit it would have been really good if they hadn't went broke yeah i think it was a poor execution around the brand strategy for the event as well um it just was sloppily put together yeah i think that's what really killed it in the end they could they they had a huge opportunity there but absolutely and then we uh i had seen rob at podcon with Seattle. Yep. And uh, those guys had over a thousand people at their first event, but I guess it wasn't enough for what they were expecting. But I mean, I think that's pretty respectable. So I don't know what happened with them, but they were YouTubers trying to get into the podcast space. Well, you know, Rob went to the se- both the first and the second one. I only went to the first one. I sent a yeah, team. Same here. I only yeah. went first one too. And we sent. I think we sent Mackenzie to the second yeah. one. I can't remember. Yeah, but, you did. Yeah. But you know, be honest with you, there's a huge community that is not served. Huge. And I mean, huge, you know, it's, it's a community that, uh, is, is kind well, of been left on their own. It, it's young people's what right. it is. Right. Yep. It was also a heavy female, which you don't go up like, like, well, I think it was, it was over 60% female audience. But, you know, I go back to a story I t- I've told it several times and, um, when I got there, the first event, and they had this board, it was a blank board, and they basically had, you know, create your own podcast billboard or something like that. And it was, they wanted people to create artwork and a, a billboard ad for, and, and they had on the side, they had scrapbooks and tear paper and all that stuff. And, and I just chuckled. I said, who's going to do that? Second day I walked by, the board was full. <laughs> it was full. And there are people on the people being super creative and doing something. And I'm like, you're, and, and, and that just instantly 
made me realize that, boy, you were stupid you know, for, for laughing at that. And not only that, it was a real indication that um, truly hardcore creatives and, uh, you know, con type, like, you know, like a Dragon Con type creative, but not just a costume, but, you know, write stories and, you know, all this super creative stuff. I mean, I don't do Robin, you, I, I, I go over news and Rob and I, in this show, we just talk and go over, we're not creative. We're just, we, we talk our opinion. You know, if I was to try to do some short story, I'd, I'd be lost, but this is a community that is way underserved. Well, they had, they had it. I don't know what happened. They were expecting a lot more people. I don't know. I think it was numbers, but still, if they were disappointed in a thousand, you would be thrilled to have a thousand of those creators come to your show. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that they came off of success from, the video side where they were getting, I don't know, 30, 40,000 and they were expecting well, that to happen I don't, overnight. I don't think they were, I, I didn't get that impression. Did you Rob? I think it was more about, they were fans of some of the shows that were there. Right. And yet at the same time, the, the many of those were creators were thinking about doing a podcast. Not a lot of them I talked to were YouTubers. So I don't think there was a lot of rollover from VidCon to PodCon. Well, Maybe some. Of the- some. The shows that gathered the big audiences yeah. were shows that had some, some some sort of connection to, um, like like a like an animated series or a short or a mm-hmm. or or a TV series or something like. I mean, there was some um, some sessions that were that kind of bordered borderline had were podcast related at that event. So it was trying to you know walking a fine line with the YouTube creators. And I think that's, that's what the goal that the organizers had with that was, was to try and tap into that market, um, and try and do some crossover. I think they were seeing a lot of, um, YouTubers going over and doing podcasts. And I think that they saw an opportunity there to, to build a different type of an audience for an event. And I think like Chris, you saw when you were there, I think it was actually more than a thousand people. I think they I had think a couple so thousand too. people and, there. And the number the first year. It was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there for you, Chris. Um, but again, they are definitely, they have their own track focus too. They, they're not, right. they're not going to care about monetization. They're not, you know, they, it's all about storytelling and. Right. Exactly. Maybe a little bit about my, maybe about underwriting, you know, underwriting versus sponsorship. Yeah. And I think that their expectations were a lot higher too, based on their founding of VidCon, which tends to be, I think that's like a 10,000 attendee event. Oh, it's uh, much larger than that. Oh, it is bigger than about. that now? Oh, yeah. 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 And it's expensive to go to too. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm starting to see more come in the door that we've never seen, we're not a content house, we're a service company. And I've been getting weekly now four or five pitches for shows and people want looking for us to underwrite or support or sponsor. And, um, I, you know, I email people back and I point them at the different directions to go, but there's a lot of podcasters out there now that are looking for pitching shows and, ideas or they built maybe right. did a 10 show series and now they're looking for additional funding to do the next i think there's for those in the content business i'm sure they're just getting bombarded but because i've never gotten pitches before now i'm getting pitches all the time Are you, you see the same thing rob 
Yeah, I'm seeing uh, there's a lot of new people that have an interest in the podcasting medium now that are um, thinking that our platforms, Todd, like Lipson or Blueberry or I'm sure Podbean and all of them are somehow we own all the content on our platforms. Yeah. And we have control over that. And we can like get, I mean, I'm getting like guest pitches <laughs> for, for various shows that are on our platform. Um, and it, you can imagine that can get a little out of control when you're talking about 70,000 shows, um, where, where publicists are pitching guests to be on shows and they're sending me an email about a show that I don't even know about. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's been going on for about six months now. Um, so there's just a lot of new people that are getting exposed to this medium and, and Chris, I think you're really onto something too, from the standpoint of it. I think there's so much interest in this medium now that spans such a wide spectrum that I think it is going to be possible for you to get, you know, 3000 people or 4,000 people to start going, going to these events, uh, just because of the awareness and the, the growth of it. I mean, look what's happened with the content side of this meeting just in the last four months. But I'll pre, I will pre basically double, double the catalog, right? Yeah. But I will right. preface that with it's rife, full, chock no, full is. of death. <laughs> Dead, you know, dead shows, you know, shows that, um, so I, you know, I think the line from a number of percentage of shows joining the space is going to be like this spike for the last four months. But I think in the end, it's all going to level out. Um, well, I mean, that's, what's great about this space is that it's, it's always leveled out, hasn't it? I mean, it's true. It has leveled out. Right. It, it looks fantastic right. on paper that we're getting, right. you know, this number of new shows, but it's, so maybe, you know, Chris, what you can do is part of your messaging is, is like, Hey, a lot of you jump in this space, but understand this is, this is not a sprint. This is, you know, the chug, 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 well, chug, If you want to want to build an audience, you, you have to get serious about the content that you produce right. too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not an easy game and it's not getting easier. The more people get into it and the bigger companies get into this medium, it's a lot more competitive and, <clears throat> but it's also still, you know, a blank canvas of an opportunity too. I hear people talk about, you know, the diversity of this medium and, and how we, we need more voices from other parts of our culture and our society and podcasting. And my comment to them is that there's nothing stopping you. That's right. I, I mean, there's no gatekeepers come in and create a show. So, you know, complaining that there's not enough voices in there we just need to encourage people to do it because there's nothing stopping them from right. doing it yep so yeah and especially in this time um and i'm sure you guys have dressed it in your lineup is we continue to see huge suppression in mainstream media of many voices many 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 voices yeah. um it they have a narrative that they want to cover and that they, if you get outside that narrative, it isn't talked about. And, uh, there's a huge narrative on both right, both left culturally, right. everything, you know, and, uh, podcasting gives people the ability to not be that even though the mainstream media isn't talking about it, podcasting allows that to happen. And we need right. to continue to embrace that and say, yes, we're glad you're here. And yes, we want your content to be produced. And, Yes, we want you to reach these audiences. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And Chris, the focus on you know, like you're trying to do, expand this on a global scale, bring in other 
languages, other cultures, other types of things, I, I think is what exactly what we need to do. Yeah, we see, we see it growing on, on all fronts. And uh, I try and just make sure everybody's respectful of all the different viewpoints because not everybody thinks the same. And True. you guys know this. You go to a podcasting conference. If you want to see diverse opinion, that's where you go because <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> conferences where you get a spectrum of people that forget about. I know people think you're like political, but I'm talking about just from like someone's talking about, I don't know, some, some esoteric thing you never thought of to another person's talking about making wreaths. Like we have someone that makes wreaths. We have another guy that applied that talks about water. Like that's the whole thing. Right. You just never know who you're walking into. And to that person, what they're talking about is the most important thing out there. So we're excited about giving them a platform. And I hear every year when we have a lot of the new people show up, they're like, whoa, I didn't realize this was all involved in the podcast because they go into one of the breakouts and they're like, <laughs> there's a lot of information here. It's like, yeah, this is the people that take it seriously really study up and they, they have to figure out how to grow their audience. If they want to monetize or what they're going to do, there's a lot of work. It's a, and that's what I love about the medium. And you, know, you got to study and be part of it. And it's kind of funny too, is like, there's this whole, you know, as, as I've been going through our catalog and looking at stuff and looking at categories, you would not believe how many cannabis shows there are. It's just like, well, that's because the YouTube one, I don't know if people know this, but cannabis podcast is one of the three places for cannabis. Uh, and I was going to mention that podcasts are the only places that allow them to talk openly. A lot of other places censor them. That's why they flock yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of uh like in YouTube demonetization. Per, right. They're demonetized, number one. The content may be there, but they talk around topics. They, yeah. Because <laughs> they know they'll get the Google clap on the monetization and they have to be careful. Yeah. Whereas podcasts, they can yeah. say whatever they want. So they love podcasts. Well, that say what everything you want has gotten a few people in trouble and fired from TV. So um you know, it's, uh, you have free speech and podcasting, but you better be careful about what you say because words can hurt you. <laughs> well, Warren Sapp, the, uh, football player, you know, he got thrown off, whatever he was like, cause he just he says whatever comes to his mind. And I just saw recently, uh, Tom Segura is going to pick him up and do a football podcast. He's like, great. I could say whatever he wants on our podcast. And he's, uh, he's a, a great media asset for a, that guy's podcast network. So he's going to pick up. Warren Saffin made the deal with him over a phone call on his podcast. Warren's like, well, it's like, you don't have to be careful, Warren. Come on my podcast. We got you. And, you know, <laughs> they got comedic license. And, but on traditional TV, Warren Sapp can't survive. Yeah, it's interesting. So podcasting is becoming a refuge for people that have uh, strong opinions. Well, it's also a safe medium. Too. It's true. I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it doesn't have the, the, what the trolls, right? The, social media has had and and unfortunately podcasting for a long time was in the the shadows behind social media and and now it's like we're we're the bastion of safety now and it's uh it's definitely much more open and a bastion of free speech more and more so yeah well anyway todd anything you want to wrap it up where are we at on time Oh, I my think God, we are. Holy crap. We did 90 minutes already. Let's see here. Um, just making sure I'm looking at the chat. Was there any questions? I don't think we're just people making random comments. Mike, Doug, everyone was on today. Thanks for for uh, for your commentary. Let me double check YouTube. Make sure it wasn't anything over there. 
Well, people on. We were on at a different time than we yeah, normally do. Too, yeah, so. I got. Yeah. Uh, here's what's going on. I'm. We're going to Scrum next week <laughs> at Blueberry, so we are in full transition mode. Sprint. Uh, it's you know we're we're at the phase now where you know air, all the all the pieces are coming together. So, um, we're going from waterfall to Scrum and uh, woohoo. <laughs> It's always fun. No, yes. it's not. <laughs> but it, it, it is going to be great from our team's perspective for focus. But boy, oh boy, what a transition. Well, there's probably a lot of people, Todd, that don't know what you just said. So um, let's, <laughs> they got real literal with it. It's yeah. Like, so if you just, right. just Google waterfall development and then Google scrum development and you'll get more than you even what? want to know. <laughs> Scrum masters, product owners, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's fun, yeah. but it's all it's all the development flow process. But right? it can be it can be marketing too. Marketing can be under Scrum as well. Yeah, right. So, or or I throw another term out there, Hanban. So that's <laughs> there you go. Wow, wow, <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I I never thought I would be like having to study uh, something that was related to a word called Kanban, but yeah. Right, right. Okay, well, Chris. Thanks for joining. Yeah, us. thanks for coming great. on. Thank you both yeah. for having me. We're going live hopefully tonight, tomorrow morning, and then we'll get everything situated. So I appreciate you. Um, you know, have me on your guest. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, and we'll see you throughout the Bye, process. Guys. Take care. Okay. We'll do. Bye. All right, and for Rob and I, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenley with two E's. And uh, if you want to send me an email, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, Rob G at Lipson.com. And I would love to hear from you. So, and oftentimes I, I do hear from listeners and it's always great to hear from them. And we do thank for those of you that send us the semi-confidential emails that uh, I right. can only read like three words off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that off the record. <laughs> well yeah it's it's in it, it under understandably we want to hear from you yes if, especially if you have off the record stuff matter of fact we said something recently in a show one of the apple reps reached out to me and i got him in contact of a person that had had a problem and they got all squared away so uh people in a big well i guess important places do listen to the show and have right. commentary and we'd love to have you on the show if you'd love to come on the show as a guest that would be great. Uh, you can express your opinion yeah. and and be on yeah. the record, uh, well, Rob. That's that's what the whole idea of our Wednesday show was: is to yeah. get our listeners on the, on the show. If you're brave enough to join us in the window here, join the gauntlet. <laughs> we'll be happy with you. So, Rob, you're trying to get Dan Franks on next, right? Or in a couple of weeks? Uh, Dan is going to come on uh, August twelfth. On and August twelfth, um, we're going to do this show. As part of uh, PodFest, okay, next, the, the the global summit next week at uh, on the I believe it's the fifth um, on Wednesday. It's our normal day. Um, we start half an hour early next next week, so it'll be at two thirty instead of three. So do we get That's east, Eastern two thirty Eastern? Do we get ninety minutes or what do we get? Ninety, yeah, ninety oh. minutes. Yep. Oh, who are we going to have? You sent me a text. Who who should we have on? It's uh, a very good question. I'm going to pull that together mm. over the next, hopefully the next 24 hours. Interesting. Because we can't so have, we're limited here. Put your thinking here. cap on that, Todd. 
And being that he's using Zoom, we won't be using this. So, right. Right. huh? Who do you think we should have on the summit? Who do you guys think should be on? I'd be happy to invite anybody that you guys want. Yeah, uh, let us know to to join us. I mean, I have s- some ideas, but um, and I'm sure Todd, you do too. Um, but we'd love to hear from from you what who you think we should have on. If you have some ideas. Send with me, uh, Rob G at uh, Lipson.com. I'd love to hear your ideas. All right. Awesome. We're going to get out of here. It's late dinner time. I'm actually just got a text. Food is ready. My awesome. mom sent that to me. So I'm going to be late for dinner. I'm getting scrapped. So, okay. Everyone, see you later. <laughs> Take care. Thanks so okay, much. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.